I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com It's been said that the Doctor only travels with the best. However, as Riversong was so fond of reminding everyone, the Doctor lies. So with that in mind then, I'm Ellie with Who Culture here with the 10 most useless Doctor Who characters. Number 10, Susan Foreman. Now this might be a controversial choice, but in retrospect, the Doctor's granddaughter is a bit useless. When Doctor Who was first conceived by Sidney Newman in the early 60s, he envisioned a 740-year-old senile alien time traveller who whisked two school teachers and a teenage girl across all of time and space. In essence, this is what happens in the very first episode, but with one key difference, Susan. In the finished version of Doctor Who's pilot episode, Susan isn't a contemporary teenage girl. She's the Doctor's granddaughter and therefore also an alien time traveller with superior knowledge. The problem is that many of the people who wrote for Susan mostly forget this key detail and wrote her as an ineffectual teenage girl. Therefore, rather than continuing to dazzle and intrigue her school teachers Ian and Barbara with her advanced knowledge of science, history and technology, Susan instead rolls her ankle at regular intervals. She also frequently loses her head in the face of various intergalactic terrors as if she hasn't been travelling to alien worlds with her grandfather for ages prior to the show starting. It's hardly surprising that Carol Ann Ford left the role at the start of Doctor Who's second season. She was replaced by Vicky, an orphan from the future who was generally written as a far more savvy character, one who essentially became the Doctor's surrogate granddaughter. Number 9. Mickey Smith Mickey Smith, or Mickey the Idiot, is a character so useless that he lost a fight with a wheelie bin. Originally written by Russell T Davies as mundane, ordinary and cowardly, Mickey represented everything that Rose Tyler wanted to leave behind. In Doctor Who's 2005 pilot episode Rose, Mickey is so useless that he can be convincingly replaced by a plastic replica who can barely string a coherent sentence together. Seeing what Clark brought to the character as a performer, Russell T Davies gave Mickey more depth as Doctor Who continued into its second series. However, he's still pretty pointless. He risks detection by screaming at a cupboard full of rats in school reunion, and while the Ninth Doctor is impressed by Mickey in World War 3, he's only really been following the Doctor's orders the whole time rather than thinking for himself. It's only when he's presented with a parallel universe doppelganger that Mickey decides to stand up for himself, becoming an action hero and resistance fighter against John Lumick's Cybermen. It's this more heroic version of Mickey that appears in the Series 2 and Series 4 finales where he fights 
fights again against the Daleks and the Cybermen. However, it doesn't change the fact that for the first few years of his time on Doctor Who, he was pretty darn useless. Number 8. Victoria Waterfield After Fraser Hines' historical companion Jamie McCrimmon became a big success, the Doctor Who production team attempted to repeat the feat by introducing another historical companion, Victoria Waterfield. The only problem was that she didn't have any notable skills beyond screaming and just having a terrible time of it. The original plan was to make Pauline Collins Samantha a full-time companion, but she turned down the role. Investigating her brother's disappearance in The Faceless One, Samantha proved herself to be a much more independent and forthright companion than Victoria. When she's introduced in Evil of the Daleks, Victoria is literally a damsel in distress. This comes to define the character throughout her time with the second Doctor and Jamie. While Deborah Watling is an incredibly likeable actor, she's rarely given any substantial material to sink her teeth into. And whenever she does take some initiative, she ends up in deadly danger and needs to be rescued by the Doctor or Jamie. Victoria's screaming became such a key part of her character that it played a crucial role in her final story. Attempting to defeat an outbreak of deadly sentient seaweed, the Doctor realises that sound is the perfect weapon, and so he weaponizes the screams of his companion. It's an ending that's either a celebration of or an insult to Victoria, depending on your outlook. Number 7. Katerina when futuristic space orphan Vicky left Doctor Who, the production team decided to go in the opposite direction for her replacement. Enter Katerina, a handmaid from ancient Greece who joined the TARDIS to tend to Stephen's wounds. However, either the limitations of a historical companion or the writer's imaginations led to her being swiftly, brutally written out of the show. In some ways, Katerina was one of the most realistic Doctor Who companions. Her complete inability to wrap her head around the fantastical worlds she travelled to with the Doctor and Stephen is reflective of how contemporary audiences may lose their own minds when confronted by the far future. The problem is that it doesn't make for particularly good drama. The far future is one thing, but wouldn't Katerina respond in a similar fashion if the TARDIS landed in the present day? This propensity to be dazzled by the future made her a fairly useless travelling companion. She may have healed Stephen wounds from the previous story, but the rest of her scenes find her dazzled by futuristic technology, leaning on the fantastical myths of ancient Greece to make sense of everything. Poor Katerina is so unfamiliar with the future that when held hostage, she opens an airlock door, ejecting herself and her captor into the vast emptiness of space. Number 6. The Justice Department Tasked with punishing history's greatest monsters with their Tesselector, the Justice Department is actually pretty bad at its job. The Doctor, Amy and Rory meet them when Melody Pond, or River Song, takes them back to Berlin to kill Hitler. However, the Tesselector has arrived at the wrong point in time and could have easily changed the whole course of history. The Justice Department shows the failings in Stephen Moffat's rather glib take on the killing Hitler dilemma. While the Doctor smartly orders Rory to put Hitler in a cupboard so that Doctor Who doesn't have to do with him, the presence of the Justice Department does highlight the impotence of the Doctor and others in stopping Hitler's crimes. While it appears that Hitler will be punished later on, the Justice Department is moments away from killing him before they realise they have the wrong date, which is hardly the level of due diligence you'd expect from law enforcement. It's a good job that Hitler's guilty of the deaths of millions, but with such a glaring oversight, it doesn't give much hope for them as Time's judge, jury and executioner. They did prove to be of some use, however, when their Tesselector aided the 11th Doctor in faking his own death, so they're not completely useless. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Number five, Crasco. Rosa is one of Doctor Who's best historical stories. It shows that recent history can be just as dangerous to the TARDIS team as medieval times or hostile alien planets. It also has one of the show's absolute worst villains in the form of Crasco, a racist time traveller who's dressed for an amateur dramatics production of Greece. Crasco represents the problem with modern Doctor Who's need for a villain. The racism of the time is a dangerous antagonist as it is, without hammering the point home via Crasco. While the idea of commercial time travel being used to spread racist rhetoric is a strong one, especially given the trajectory of how humans have used the internet, Crasco is such an ineffective presence that the character loses his thematic heft. While it's certainly a huge powerful moment in history and provides strong character work for the TARDIS team, Crasco is a Doctor Who villain who's essentially beaten by some people sitting on a bus. Crasco's uselessness and small-scale messing with the local bus timetables could be seen as a takedown of the petty small-mindedness of racists, but it fundamentally doesn't work in terms of Doctor Who villainy. Number 4. Turlow Anyone who says that Adric is the fifth Doctor's worst companion is willfully ignoring Turlow. Adric is a passable TARDIS pilot who's really good at maths, while Turlow is an overgrown schoolboy who starts his time in the TARDIS by trying to murder the Doctor on the instruction of the Black Guardian. And yet, despite the multiple opportunities presented to him throughout his first serial Mordrin Undead, he relents. Charitably, Turlow's reluctance to kill the Doctor in Mordrin Undead could be compared to Hamlet, but writer Peter Grimwade is no William Shakespeare, and actor Mark Strickson is no Laurence Olivier. Once Turlow finally rejects the Black Guardian in Enlightenment, he goes from being a useless assassin to being a useless Doctor Who companion. He's more cowardly than Mickey, more prone to fright than Victoria, and generally spends most of his time smugly winding up Tegan. It's also not entirely certain that he's given up on his mission to kill the Doctor either. Memorably, in Warriors of the Deep, Turlow pronounces that the Doctor has drowned to death mere seconds after the unfortunate Time Lord hits the water. Speaking of drowning, Turlow does save Perry from a watery grave at the start of his final story, so he's not 100% useless. That being said, looking back across his time with the Doctor Antigone, it's hard to discern exactly what Turlow brought to the TARDIS, aside from a nice sketch of the Eye of Orion. Number 3. Adam Mitchell Adam Mitchell had one job, to be an expert on the alien technology held in Henry Van Staten's underground facility, and he wasn't very good at it. Then, once the Dalek gets loose in the facility, he even leaves Rose for dead. And yet the Doctor still agrees to Rose's request to let him travel with them. Didn't the Doctor learn his lesson with Turlow? Adam doesn't improve when he takes his first trip in the TARDIS to Satellite 5, putting the Doctor and Rose's lives at risk. While those two investigate the strange goings-on at Satellite 5, Adam swans off and gets his brain upgraded in a craven attempt to profit from future knowledge. The guy's a total liability. Now, while this knowledge may have actually helped him in his role with Henry Van Staten, it actually informs the editor and the Jagrafess about the Doctor and Rose. As a result, Adam experiences the righteous fury of the Doctor, who throws him out of the TARDIS. Quite right, too. As a self-obsessed and cowardly figure, Adam is a fundamentally useless Doctor Who character, who only makes things worse for those around him. Number 2. Chameleon 
Chameleon is essentially the fifth Doctor equivalent of when the eleventh Doctor shaved his head out of boredom, or when the twelfth Doctor constructed a clockwork squirrel. The legend goes that the chameleon prop caught the attention of 1980s Doctor Who producer John Nathan Turner, who was focused on taking the show into the future with a properly robotic companion. The only problem was the automated prop's substantial limitations. K9 may have struggled to traverse anything other than a smooth studio floor, but Chameleon struggled to achieve even that, and was regularly propped up against a wall. These limitations were further exacerbated when, tragically, the only person who knew how to operate Chameleon, Mike Power, was killed in a boating accident. This needn't have been a problem, however. Chameleon may have been a robot, but he also had the ability to assume any form. For notoriously publicity-hungry producer John Nathan Turner, this could have been an ideal opportunity for a rolling cast list of special guest stars in the role of Chameleon. Instead, the robot was stuffed into a TARDIS cupboard and rarely seen again. He made one last appearance in Planet of Fire when he was taken over by his original owner, the Master. So that's yet another Fifth Doctor companion who conspired against him. Come back, Adric! All is forgiven! Number 1. Sniperbots I mean, the clue's in the name. Sniperbots. Sniperbots. Robots whose whole purpose is to be exceptional snipers. Created by the Stenza, the Sniperbots appeared in both the Ghost Monument and the Battle of Ransgor Av Kolos, and were completely, utterly useless in both appearances. It's something of a sci-fi cliché that the villains can't shoot straight, but it's particularly galling in this case. These robot assassins are supposed to be the best snipers in the universe, but they can't even withstand a challenge from Ryan Sinclair. Despite Ryan's difficulties with coordination and riding a bike, he can gun down a whole army of specially designed snipers because he's played Call of Duty. Take that, Stenza weapon specialists! It's hardly surprising that the sniper bots are useless, especially given that the Stenza also created the evil sentient bandages which warn the Doctor about their hidden past. When the sniper bots return for the Battle of Ranskor Av Kolos, a Doctor Who story that writer Chris Chibnall doesn't even like, they are once more swiftly dispatched by Ryan and Graham with a well-timed duck. Of the Stenza's many crimes against the universe, their sniper bots should get them hauled up in front of the courts for breaching the Trade Description Act. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.